0: On the Lords of Grantham podcast, we talked episode four of Belgravia. In that episode, Oliver, the son of James Trenchard and Anne Trenchard, he proved himself to be a bit of a clown, stewing that people were paying too much attention to Charles Pope. And maybe they were right. Maybe they were paying too much attention to Charles Pope. But the guy's got something about him that people can't deny. Mariah Gray, she's all into him. She wants to marry him, but her mom, Miss Templemore, won't approve. Uh, Lady Brockenhurst. She just wants people to know this guy is related to them. Uh, Meanwhile, John Balassus, he keeps giving money to the help because he thinks they're going to help him get to the bottom of this mystery. And will they get to the bottom of this mystery? We'll find out this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Acknowledge me!
1: And we are back. Almost to the finish line of Belgravia. What's going on, Corey?
0: Not much, Dave. Just racing to the finish line of Belgravia, like you just said. That's it. That's all. That's all there is to it. <laughs> i got nothing else in life except just sitting around and thinking about Belgravia. Three years after it aired.
1: <laughs> after this week, I, you're not far from the truth. I mean, we already know the truth. We'll get into it in a moment, but I mean, I guess we the same thing that... We said last week is probably true regarding news of our shows and the sag aftra Writers' Guild strike
0: uh yeah, there's there's no updates on when uh, Guild Gilded Age is coming back, but we will figure out the programming in, in a few weeks. we got we got time. it's still summertime people yeah <laughs> We're just lounging in Belgravia land right now.
1: yeah, and it, it, I mean it seems like Julian is, is in his bag this week. Is,
0: do we want to just jump into it? I mean, considering that the past few weeks or episodes have gone for an hour unexpectedly, I think it's for the best, maybe.
1: <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry, listeners. for No, for no, if you, listeners, if
0: you want us to keep talking, we'll keep vamping. We'll go.
1: They want us to go double the length of the episode with the minutia.
0: <laughs> well, longer than the episode of Belgravia. I mean, we have been going longer than the episodes of Belgravia. Yeah, we have.
1: But. We've been going for like Crown Season 2 length with these
0: you wonder, is Julian just you know, going to listen into us and just start taking notes?
1: Like, oh, <laughs> I could do this. Well, I mean, the story. Going from this episode, I will just say the last act of this episode is Julian just like saying, you know, they could call him Edge because he says, you think you know me. And mm-hmm. he just keeps throwing curveballs. But we'll get to that yeah. part of the episode when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: it kind of actually makes me a little <clears throat> sad to hear, though, that you know, with the next chapter of Bill Gravia that they're working on, he didn't have a hand in writing it. Mm-hmm. And it's not clear to me if he had a hand in the story at all. But <clears throat> it is like getting close to vintage Julian here.
1: Oh yeah, this is yeah. I don't want to speak too much because I'll I'll spoil some things as you know jump to them too early. So I think we right. should just Listener, jump into this episode.
0: Listeners who have watched half the episode will you you can just tune out halfway through and then we'll talk about the back half of the episode and oh, we'll yeah. spoil that. Yep. <laughs>
1: exactly. So the first I mean we start the episode with with our man Turton. Hmm. Digging for his his clues. Looking for the turt. Trying to find some info, trying to find some turts on the dirt. The turt sheet. That's what it is. Yeah. And he finds a letter. And he snags it in this uh and he does it right while the the trenchards are eating dinner too, which I think is probably the most despicable thing that he's doing here. Really, like, you think that's despicable? I think that he goes in and then he comes up with a lie that they didn't have the wine that they wanted. That's I don't know. I'm not a fan of that. What What
0: if it's true that they didn't have the wine that they asked for?
1: I mean, I would ho- I would hope that he's I, he is correct about that because as we find out later in this episode, uh, Anne is is no joke when it comes to. The calling his, her staff out, out. <laughs> yeah. But he finds this letter, and we see him go to our, our boy, not on the poster, John Velasquez, <laughs> and he says he gives them the the letter, and it, it's it's about a young a young John or Charles Pope,
0: written twenty years ago, addressed to Trenchard. Boy isn't his son. So, you know, there's more than a business arrangement going on here between James and, and uh, Charles. But as you said, Blastus wants to look at it. And Turton's like, Nuh-uh-uh-uh. if you want the Turton dirt, you got to put 20 down on the table when I put the paper down on the table. No, <laughs> oh, and, <laughs> and the, John says, do. all
1: right, fine, give me the dirt. And he reads it. And that's this letter basically through the preacher who raised our, our boy Pope. It's a letter from him talking about how he's doing in school, and yeah. at first, you know, I think this is where Turton really could have. I know we see he squeezes balasses for more, but he's fairly forthcoming because he's the one that suggests that this is not a friendly letter about a checkup on a child. This is a this is a report, as you said. This is a this is someone reporting the progress of a, a young person to someone else.
0: Well, he is forthcoming until John Blasto says, hey, there's a page missing. Where, where, where's the address? <laughs> and turns you've got to pay, brother. He, he said, give me a
1: few more bucks. I want some more. Blast calls him a, a
0: scoundrel. And turns like, hey, listen up, buddy. <laughs> You're the he, one coming to me asking for the dirt, okay? I'm the dirt.
1: Yeah, he says, I'm just a poor man. Nobody loves me it's a poor man from a poor family
0: and and the whole bar chimes in too he's just a poor boy from a poor yeah. family it's, it's crazy uh, but yeah John Balastas is like fine here's your, you know he's gonna give him here's cash. your
1: 20 piece yep I'll get to step in mm mhm and
0: uh, at the same time this is where you can feel the binds uh, of uh, the story, you know, tightening with Oliver. Because he wants to see some people that night. Because he has some ideas he wants to investigate.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And, uh, you know, Oliver, he, he goes to visit this uh, workshop where they're printing uh, things out. And uh, he, no, he's, he's really... He
1: goes, he goes to the cotton gin.
0: Oh, it's a cotton gin. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a mill. It's a mill. Yeah. Uh. And he's well, yeah, talking whatever pretty you would
1: loud. Call a cotton factory,
0: <laughs> yeah my bad I, I I thought it was a printing press, but your my brain is busted, so yes, it is a cotton gin, and uh he shouts out loud, must be a good place to work, huh <laughs> and people are just looking at him, but one man keeps staring mm-hmm. and he meets him outside and he's he's like oh you, you doesn't seem it seems like you're you're investigating something here about the pope huh you, you want to know something, uh-huh." come to the Kingshed Shed Tavern and find out from Mr. Riley
1: yeah well he is Mr. Riley this guy he says meet me later <laughs> he
0: speaks in the third ser- third person about himself yeah the Riley as you see him will tell you something later
1: <laughs> yeah he's like an like NPC mm-hmm. meet me at eight yeah so we, we want to just tackle we, this I feel like it's kind of a simple sure keep going so he goes to this place at eight, and there's a uh, Astley and what's the other guy's name? Loser?
0: I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't get the other guy's name. He doesn't really have one, Brent, right? I mean, he's just Brenton Astley are the other two that went. are there. That that sounds like a Julian name.
1: <laughs> yeah, in my in my notes, I I wrote Durant because I thought it, I heard the R N T, and I said, imagine this this subtle crossover into Downton. Yeah, for the deep deep Bates and Jail Downton heads. Um, mm-hmm. So, so Brenton and Astley are disgruntled former employees of the the cotton trade, and yeah, they basically tell Oliver that that Charles Pope squeezed a dying widow into giving him this cotton mill, cotton gin, cotton factory, whatever the proper phrase is. Yeah, on her deathbed when these other guys were fully invested in and going to take it over themselves and that he cu- cuts corners he's not paying the right amount of taxes or whatever you know this whole yeah he cheats out the taxes yeah and he underpays they, his employees basically inflating the it, price of the goods when he you know sells it
0: and they, they said he was a nice guy at first everyone was saying nice guy great guy until you realize he's not that great of a guy
1: yeah, and that seems to be the big I mean, drama with Pope.
0: Right, and, and I mean, the one guy, the Riley, who was really disgruntled, was that he was supposed to be the manager of the mill, and then Charles hired him uh, to, to work there as a way to soften the blow, <laughs> and the man is just not pleased with those results, and you can see there's a bit of, there's obviously some truth to what they're saying, as we'll later find, but also just some sour grapes, because... What they describe here, it's obviously illegal, but it's the kind of stuff that common rich people do to kind of skirt the boundaries of, you know, making a profitable business. It, it, obviously, the, you know, this isn't great, but is it that unexpected to hear someone in that position is doing that?
1: No. <laughs> All the financial stuff is fairly plain. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, that's capitalism 101, but... The idea yeah. of, of conning or threatening an, an, a widow into giving you a factory is certainly a step too far for for decency. Yeah. So we see and our man, Oliver, brings this back home to his dad. Yeah. And dad is like, I, I don't... I can't I, can't I believe this. This can't be true.
0: Yeah. Although, you know, it's likely that his dad got up to a similar business <laughs> concerning how kind of skeevy he is and his reputation. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't shock me. Like, maybe he passed down some of these, like, tips to uh, Oliver at some point or something, or, you know, mm-hmm. Oliver learned something from James along the way.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, do we just want to... Well,
0: yeah. I mean, James visits Charles, and he says... This all comes from this Joseph Riley character. It's all lies, right? And, and Charles Pope is like, no, no, it's, it's true. In the most <laughs> I, I charismatic
1: can, way as uh Oh, my Lord, this can, guy. I this guy needs training The first training shot of Charles in Pope in this episode, I had to triple, like, stop the episode of pause and pause. Like, is this Charles Pope or is this another character? Because he is that, you know, plane of a character actor that I couldn't remember. Yeah. Uh,
0: and uh, yeah, he's very forgettable um, and to the point that, um, well, he tells James, though, y- you shouldn't invest in me. This will be bad for you. You can't do this. This is not going to look good.
1: Get your money out.
0: Yeah. Save yourself. And uh, I mean, James is like, business is a battlefield. More have done worse. I've probably done worse, but you know, <laughs> worse has been done. Um, but. It's already too late. This news is going to start circulating around. It's going to ruin Charles Pope, because that's the thing. is You could do this, just be discreet about it. It's kind of uh-huh. the, the old uh, advice that we got. Oh, we've heard that elsewhere in the world. Just be discreet.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I like that this is happening parallel to all of the other gossip and dirt about Charles Pope. So, last week when then, I ranked him number one on my power rankings, because he's the center of the universe... He's got two different people going for different avenues of gossip to try to take him down.
0: Yeah. The difference here is that Charles Pope is not in a position of power where he can be above this kind of you know, rumors mm-hmm. and scandals and stuff. He's vulnerable to that kind of stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, it's going to come after him. But James wants to get to the, the source of this. Yeah. So he, he meets with the Riley and Riley says we'll give you the information just meeting with Mr. Riley tomorrow at the tavern <laughs> now, he doesn't keep speaking in third person but I like to think he is um, and so yeah they'll send word and was it, so he meets with them though and isn't he or no wait we're over we're jumping ahead because he does have another conversation with, with uh, Oliver mm-hmm. where Oliver's like so now you know the guy's trash why are you hanging around him, Dad?
1: He's like, it must be great to have all that money back in your pocket. And, and James is like, no, man, I don't. I don't have the money. Yeah. And Oliver makes he, a scene at the club. He makes a real mm-hmm. scene. He, Which is a shame. Because
0: James has been ch- dying to be in this club forever. Yeah. And now he's looking like a fool.
1: And then Oliver even says, like, you're not my father anymore. And it's like, dude, you have the most motivation you've had in your entire adult life trying to discredit this guy that's Mm -hmm. doing business in a, a, you know, perhaps aggressive way, but doing business in a very modern way, whereas you have done nothing but ride your dad's coattails and straight up lie about what you're doing to go find information on this guy.
0: I mean, if I'm James there and my son, who's Oliver, is telling me, I don't want to be your son anymore, I'd be like, wow, is this easy to disown my son? <laughs> <It only took laughs> I'm done with years. Oliver. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Fine, Oliver. Go live your life. I'm good. I'm James Trenchard. I got into this club. I'm um, a magician. Yeah, and it's so funny the way it plays out because Oliver is just asking him, so you remove the money, correct? And James is just telling him, nah, nah, uh not going to do it. Can't do it.
1: Yeah, he's, he's like, I don't care.
0: And it's so funny, the scene that Oliver makes, because it really does drive home. This guy's a child. He's a, he's a, he's a growing child, because uh-huh. <laughs> he can't keep keep it quiet. Uh, and I do like that he says to the rest of the club, to hell with a lot of you. And to that point, the club is probably just like, who is that man? Who is that garish-looking <laughs> man? Who is
1: that 35-year-old? <laughs> and I was thinking during this scene that they did... The the two actors, so Philip Glen Glenister and Richard Goulding, mm-hmm. really do look like father and son. Like oh they yeah. do great work with costuming and hair to make these two look related, and also mm-hmm. both kind of pathetic. Like James <laughs> is not some nobleman; like he's he's like the you know that this character, this show's equivalent of like an American Dream character. He's made a lot of he's he's not even quite new money. He's just on yeah. the rise.
0: He pulled himself up by the bootstraps. Yeah, he's
1: a bootstrapper for sure. Whereas Oliver's like the first generation rich kid and he just can't get his way and he's mad at dad for liking this good businessman rather than himself who's yep. a bad businessman.
0: It, it does crack me up that the actor who plays James Trenchard on IMDb, Philip Glenister, his IMDb profile photo is him holding an Uzi while wearing black sunglasses, a, an Uzi gun. Um it, it it just is a striking image compared to who he is in the show. To see him on IMDb, just brandishing a weapon.
1: It just looks like a goon,
0: right? <laughs> what is going on there? Just look up his IMDb, uh, listeners, if you have the chance. It's uh, it's a surprise. Anyways, uh, <laughs> he he then goes. James Trenchard then goes to Riley. as I was saying earlier, because he wants to find out the truth of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, they they meet at the tavern. And what's the conversation that they have? Do they even show the conversation? Oh yeah, they, did, I, don't I don't think know. they
1: show. Um, I don't think they show his conversation with the other two. Ashley no, and it's Brent.
0: supposed to next episode probably. Yeah. It's yes.
1: Like, here we are. You know.
0: I was just looking at my notes, and I ran out. I, I noticed I ran out of notes, and it's like, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess it didn't actually happen. This episode, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's just a lot going on in this one. There, oh, um, there is a
1: lot going on in this one.
0: Yeah, but uh, good on Oliver stirring the pot. The guy sat around for enough weeks stewing that he hasn't had anything to do, and he finally did something.
1: I just wish it was something productive and something helpful, not selfish and uh, reductive. Yeah, exactly
0: uh eh, whatever. (laughs) At least he's doing something. Yeah, that trip Um, to
1: Glanville really uh, gave him a little zhuzh, a little pep in his step.
0: Yeah. Why why don't we uh, tackle some low-hanging fruit? So, uh, it's been announced that Mr. (laughs) Belasus Mr. Jambalaya uh, John Belasus is engaged to Sophia uh, and it's been in the newspaper and Anne is reading the newspaper and, and Susan's like Huh. That son of a gun. He's actually going to get married. Yeah, y- you think and, and and so Susan later meets up with uh, John Balassis and well, she's not,
1: like, not, we're skipping the minor note that she's totally disgusted by all the food on all the plates in front of her. Well, and I mean her, the, her morning sickness is kicking in.
0: Her morning sickness is kicking in, but to be fair, the food they're serving here is quite orange. And, and like aside from orange juice, I don't know how appetizing that stuff actually looked, really.
1: It's Cheetos, it's carrots.
0: It's legit like Cheetos scrambled eggs.
1: That doesn't sound terrible.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know what? That's it's not Lord the worst. Show.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, but it's not for Susan. She she's got. A, she tells Ann. You know what? I I'm out of here. Um, even after Ann said you had your hair looks nice today.
1: Huh.
0: Uh, um well, Her
1: hair looks nice because she's got a date.
0: Yeah, the boluses. Uh huh. And she tells him, like, hey, I saw that your engagement was announced. And John Blast is pretty cold about it. It's like, what did you expect? I, I have to get married. <laughs> that's just what I do.
1: Mm-hmm. Which I feel like is a scene we've, we've witnessed in many a period mm-hmm. drama where it's like, yeah, this illicit affair can't continue. Or rather, this is exactly it what we can said. continue, but that's what happens.
0: We said this episode two of the show, this is going to happen. It, it just took the characters longer to get there. Uh, and we just see uh, Susan kind of just looking a little bit lost in bed. Like, what do I do now? I'm pregnant. It. Is Oliver guys married to me? Is Oliver guys married to me? <laughs> and he's still married to me.
1: <laughs> That's, if only she saw his gusto. Well, I do think it's funny that she's like the middle ground between these two beta men trying their hardest mm. to discredit Pope. And she could care less about Pope.
0: I, I do like the idea that, you know, John Balastas has a tan and that suggests he's a worldly man who maybe is just a little bit freewheeling. But if a tan makes you look like a bad guy, give me a tan. That, that John Balastas has a great tan on this show. Yes, Oliver your heel can,
1: turn when you show up on the zoom and you're tan.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm just glowing orange. Um, but Oliver could stand to, to get one, maybe it mm-hmm. matches hair.
1: Oh, he definitely could. He yeah. just turned red. He just crisp up.
0: <laughs> just burn up immediately. Um, that's Susan this week because John does ask Susan, "Do you know any more information?" And she's she doesn't really have that much to give him.
1: She's like, "I'm pregnant. That's some information <laughs> for you, you son of a gun."
0: Not yet, not yet. Um. So that happened. Do we want to talk about the Sophia?
1: Yeah, I mean the Sophia stuff is very straightforward. Or, or uh, Ma- Mariah, not Sophia. <laughs>
0: Oh, my Lord. Sorry, I, I've been saying so. It, they sound so similar. We'll be talking um, about
1: Mariah. Or we'll be talking about Sophia in a bit. But Mariah. Right, but Mariah. Mariah. Who,
0: who, who John Blastis is engaged to is Mariah, not the corpse of Sophia. He's uh-huh. engaged to Mariah. Yes. Hey, 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 hey.
1: So she is uh, not thrilled about this engagement. Mm-hmm. And.
0: <laughs> to put it lightly, she's not thrilled.
1: Oh, yeah. Um so we see that her mom the countess is it Lady Templemore Yep. she goes to Lady Brockenhurst's house and she's like yo you got it what do you, I heard that you took my daughter somewhere where? tell me and mm-hmm. then in walks Anne Trenchard and she's like I'll leave and they're like now you won't and then in yeah. walks Bariah, and they're like Oh, boy. And it becomes pretty clear from this room that Lady Brockenhurst is not on Team John Belassus.
0: Mm-mm. Like, it's also clear they're planning to go somewhere together the them yeah, <laughs> to, oh yeah, to they Templemore.
1: Gonna, they're going to drop into the, the Pope's house, ideally, Yeah. Probably.
0: And Templemore's pretty quick. She's like, you're coming with me, Mariah.
1: Mar- Mariah's like... No, I'm gonna stay, and, t- and Brock and Hurst is like, "You're, yeah, you're staying. You're chilling with me for a little bit. I got yeah. you." And then the butler comes up, and he's like, "She's waiting outside for the, in the carriage." Mm-hmm. The y- Templemore. She's not going anywhere. Yeah, get down to Mariah. So, and Mariah goes down, and then Lady Templemore basically says, "I'm shipping you away." F- mm-hmm. For you to get ready for this wedding. Because this is happening whether you like it or not.
0: Yeah. So ship her up north.
1: Mm-hmm. Get her out of there. And she Be would out. get back. Like two days before the wedding. Mm-hmm. Which is not something that she wants. Right. You know
0: one thing we, we glanced over to in this whole thing too. Was that James is going up north to defend Charles Pope's uh, credibility in, in court. And that's mm-hmm. part of the 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 pressure of like, oh, he's going to be gone while she's be getting married and stuff. And the thing that's making it worse is that the news is spreading around that James or Charles Pope is maybe not as perfect as he seems, which gives Templemore a little bit more ammo to say, "You're getting married to this John Velasquez guy. He's got a great tan."
1: Yeah, I like that that when they find when they explain how um, the Lady Templemore and Mariah found out about the. The issue of it all, the the cotton gin issue, they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we saw him out on the street and he told us all the information we needed to know.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's the it's greatest.
1: It's, it's like that is also that's Julian subverting expectations because he loves an exposition dump. He loves somebody yeah. telling somebody something else. And this time mm-hmm. around, he's like, nah, I've talked about this drama enough.
0: Yeah. Where, I mean, we all know what the score is
1: handle it off screen
0: yeah and what is it Mariah then she tries to meet meet up with uh, Charles mm-hmm. at at a library yeah. um,
1: so she gets a telegram sent to him and he's like I got it as soon as I, I I came as soon as I got your telegram and she's like when did you get it I've been here for a long time just sitting around doing nothing <laughs>
0: Reminds me of uh, that time, Dave, when we were children. And you sent me an email saying, you want to meet up uh, in the park? It was like when we were eight. And I was like, sure. And I went there, and you didn't show up. And then I realized you'd sent the email for yesterday. (laughs) And I was just a tired.
1: The day before, I probably was standing there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just totally missed it. And that's exactly what Mariah did here. She uh, she sent a letter. She
1: showed up. You just waited a while. Or she waited a while. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, you know, Julian almost lost me here. Like, he aces yeah. the landing of this episode. But when she's like, what you said can't be true, right? And he's like, nah. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> Wait,
0: what do you mean? He is—he does say it is true, right?
1: But he, he says that he didn't want to cause a rift between Oliver and, oh. and James Trenchard. So he didn't deny anything
0: oh, okay I, I didn't read in between the lines there
1: he's saying like look, if Oliver is really doing that much to get on his father's you know to get his father mad at him, I didn't want his father to be more mad at him to find out the people he'd been working with are bad
0: wait what is? wait a second so Charles Pope is a is a dope then who's willing <laughs> yes, to just yes. de- destroy his his reputation because of this father figure he wants to support. <laughs> How did I miss that? Well, <laughs> I was, it was just too I mean, deft for me to buy into. I guess there
1: is a world where I totally misinterpreted it. But Mariah's like, it can't be true. And and Pope's like, nope, it's not true. Mm-hmm. But I, I respect uh, James Trenchard enough to not want to screw with his relationship with his deadbeat son. Yeah. Which is, I, I was like, oh my God, Julian. like, Just when I thought, what's her name from uh, Gilded Age, couldn't be the most boring Hunky lead, you come, Mm -hmm. you make Charles Pope just lie to save a son and a father. Yeah, but you know, good things start happening because he said, "Look, we can get you to hide at the Brockenhurst house. We Mm could make this. We could get this all done."
0: Yeah. Wait, wait, wait! What did you just say? To him? I'm sorry. So,
1: the, he, so that's the the moment where where Pope says, "Look, you don't have to go away." Yeah, Lady Brockenhurst will keep her eye on you until we clear the air, get all this taken mm-hmm. care of, and then we'll move on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it'll all blow over by next week.
1: And then they show they show up to the you know Brockenhurst house, and there's a party going on. There's just a ton of people mm-hmm. there, including yeah. Lady Templemore, who sees Pope and sees. Her daughter, and she's like, "Are you serious right now?" Mm-hmm. And I think we and don't really. She just wants Mariah to get out of there. Go, you know, you're you're spoken for. Yeah,
0: and and it has a great exchange where Charles goes up to Templemore and he says, "Mariah, and and she says, "Lady Mariah," and he says, "Well, Lady Mariah and I," and she says, "Stop right there. <laughs> there isn't a I'm Lady saying. Mariah and I. <laughs> it ain't happening. It's never gonna happen."
1: No way. You're going to jail,
0: brother. <laughs> We're gonna lock you up. Um but during this whole interaction though, Brockenhurst seizes Mariah to then tell her the whole truth about the Pope of it all. Yes. And Mariah's feeling hopeless in that moment, and Brockenhurst, no no no, I got something I gotta tell you. And we should maybe back up for a second.
1: Yes, let's, but now we go back to the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we see the reason that Anne Trenchard wanted to go to see Lady Brockenhurst was to talk about Charles Pope some more. Yeah, and Lady Brockenhurst is like, I want to tell the world, I'm ready. And Why not? Anne's, or rather, Lady Brockenhurst, her idea for doing it would be to tell the tell the world. That Pope is her grandson. That's the bottom line. We're not going to include Sophia at all. To which Anne is is really conflicted because Mm -hmm. her family name is not getting dragged through the mud. But by the same token, Sophia is going to be like a nobody. She's going to remain... Anonymous. She's going to be zero. She's gone from the history books.
0: And the other half of that, too, is as she converses with James later, is that he, Pope will be essentially taken away from mm-hmm. them. Like he's going to be subsumed into their world. They won't have any interactions with him. So it'd be like almost like losing their, their grandson. To which I also say, you had a son, too. You failed there. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. And also, like, clearly, Brockenhurst is cool with you just showing up to her house. She's not yeah. evil.
0: No, although they did seem to suggest early in the show that she was a little duplicitous. The way she was like, "Yeah, I know I could ruin your daughter's name by revealing this," and also, "Yeah, don't talk trash about my son." Uh,
1: I also think I have a little bit of respect for her growth, Lady Brockenhurst. I think she's she's gaudy and she's showy, but I don't think she. I think she has learned to accept Anne as as more than just a. Fellow secret keeper, she lets her show up and I like go to Pope's place. She's not like get out of here, you peasant.
0: But at the same time, I feel like Brockenhurst is only so amiable and kind about this whole situation because Pope is such a winning character in her eyes. Uh-huh. That's why she's so like deeply invested because she's like, this is our hope at a future here. If the guy was if Pope was just like uh, like Oliver, a loser, she'd be like, nah, uh, you know what, forget it. <laughs> but I mm-hmm. think that's really making her a more friendly presence here. Um, so I don't know I don't know if I necessarily buy her changing so much as just like really liking the situation that has presented itself to her.
1: Well, I, I guess I don't see her turning heel at any point in this situation.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. No, I, I mean, I don't think so at this point either. But just making that point of like, I don't think she's a changed person so much as it's just working out her way.
1: hmm Now, do we... Um, uh, do we go back to talk about... John investigating the second page of the letter, and yeah, I guess we have to. So John, well, well
0: I, I do like I want to comment though. There's the one moment though where uh, was it? Uh, Lady Brockenhurst says, "Acknowledge him. <laughs> you need to acknowledge him." Yeah, uh, acknowledge me. Uh, He's the tribal they?
1: chief of Belgravia. Yeah,
0: I mean, Charles Pope is the tribal chief. Uh, but uh we'll see if they they acknowledge him because that's the whole thing is I think if maybe if they that, that is what they're saying if they acknowledge him this will absolve Charles of his his problems because he'll be above it suddenly he's yeah. a reputable person it doesn't matter what his charges are and that's really what they're getting at and I mean we'll just say when she's talking to Mariah is that look if we have this man acknowledged He's good. He's good to marry. He's as clean as yeah, it gets. Yeah, and he
1: leapfrogs Balassus and he becomes uh-huh. primary marriage partner candidate number one. It's all this fussing that your mom is going to be doing. She's going to change her tune real quick.
0: Yeah. I thought it was wild the way she broke the news to Mariah. She she just kind of confides in her. He's got she, that dog in him. Yeah, she, she's, <laughs> he's, she's,
1: I'm, I haven't even told him yet. <laughs> but, but he's, he's got, got that, that dog look in him. he look in
0: his eyes. <laughs> so... <laughs>
1: don't you see it and how handsome and charismatic he is? <laughs>
0: so charming. Uh, but Mariah's eyes are so wide. She's kind of just dumbstruck by the whole information. Just like, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Sure. But a lot of it rides on James going to defend this guy cuz otherwise his reputation is about to go in the dump <laughs> dumpster.
1: Yeah. So so John John Belassus, on the other hand takes this mm-hmm. second piece of paper that he's paid <laughs> excuse me. Spends 20 pounds on and he goes to meet the late wife of the reverend, or rather the wife of the late reverend, Pope. Mm-hmm. And he gives a fake name and he's talking to her. And he's saying, basically he's digging for information. Yeah, tell me, about, tell me about Pope, tell me about Charles, tell me about his father. And he doesn't even know he's dead. But she very quickly uh-huh. susses him out that he's uh-huh. a piece of trash.
0: He's up to something. Because she says, like, if you were an actual friend of of Mr. Pope, then you would know his dad would have died a year ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can leave now. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's, and it's, he doesn't... It's, he gets out of there.
0: <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get much information out of the whole ordeal, really.
1: Yeah, and then we see that John is starting to, like... He's starting to get, a, get his tinfoil hat on because he starts thinking about... Okay, so Pope could be the illegitimate son of Lady Brockenhurst. Yeah, and he starts thinking it's, about the timetable. How old would she have been? Forty-one years old. Yeah, he's talking it's to Susan about that. <laughs> and uh, what? How else is, is this the? Uh, is this where we get to his father, uh, Stephen Bellasis, the Reverend, going to talk to Lady Brockenhurst?
0: Well, that's kind of actually a side story all all on its own, (laughs) that he he goes back to Lady Brock and Hurst asking for even more money because, well, he didn't pay off the loan because there's interest. He needs Mm -hmm. 1,500 guineas. And she's talking to him saying, no, no. Well, he
1: asked asked for the money, and he says he's going to, this is the blackmail moment where he's like, I can come clear with some of this information that I have about who Charles Mm -hmm. Pope is to you, and then your family name will be in ruin. Yeah. And Lady Brockenhurst is like, I don't care. Do That's it. great. <laughs> Do yeah. It. You save me some time. And 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 the Reverend is just like what? beside himself. What are you talking about? Yeah. And takes it on the chin and leaves.
0: It's so funny though they couldn't even get Tom Wilkinson for this episode. She's like, oh, yeah. You want to ask me for more money from my husband? Now we're not even going to get Ford to get Tom Wilkinson and pay him to show up for this episode. Oh, Thank I, you very I much. I it was a
1: great, great little promo from her, where she was like, I, could, "I don't care." Oh yeah, right. Who do you think? And you see, he looks so defeated. He's like, "What? Do, what is there that's left?"
0: Yeah, he, he's he's bad. Uh, I, I imagine things are going to turn sour for him next week since he didn't get that bonus. It's <laughs> already turned
1: fairly sour for him this week.
0: Yeah, because the, the way he looks, so pleased as punch. You wonder if he already gambled away some of the money they gave him. Honestly, probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, but going back to this whole tangled web, though, of trying to figure things out, back to Anne uh, and her help with uh, Alice. Because she gets a letter from, um, was it Jane Croft, Sophia, Sophia's maid? Uh-huh. Uh huh. That she, not Sophia's maid, Mariah's maid, uh, writing about Sophia Charles Pope. Right? Oh, it. Re- so yeah she, so I, she
1: she has all these letters oh written. she
0: yeah she used to be that's right correct she's on her way to
1: america and she's mm-hmm. gonna stop by she's coming to town and she's gonna hang out with her old friend ellis yeah who is starting but, to get desperate for that balassus money
0: right and so it's you know been brought to Anne's attention like why did you go to brockenhurst to find a fan that wasn't lost And she's she's like, well, you know, I was going to ask her about the hair that you liked, and check on the fan at the same time. And Anne's not having. She's like, I didn't say anything about her hair. I thought her Mm -hmm. hair was trash. Uh, (laughs) But Ellis is just like,
1: no, you you did say that. And uh, (laughs) I didn't add nothing about no hair. Why don't you? Yeah. yeah." You're lucky. You're on thin ice, Ellis.
0: I just misplaced the fan, Uh, and you know, she was just like, I just wasn't thinking straight. Sorry Mm -hmm. for. You know, making that error. But Anne is definitely aware something is up there.
1: Yeah. So then we meet this, um, what was her name again? Jane. Later on mm-hmm. in the episode, she comes over and she tells Ellis, like, hey, I got all these letters. So mm-hmm. they're basically a lot of information regarding Sophia that's really rough. And, 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 you know, she's just she's just trying to have a friendly chat with an old co-worker. Yeah. Uh, she says, "Well, I got a day in London," and Alice is like, "I'm giving you an itinerary. You're leaving the house now. Go walk around, have fun." Alice finds Turton and says, "Copy this information down. We this mm-hmm. is this is the real deal information. This is the dirt right, that's going to get us the big money." So they do, and they bring it to John Belasco. He's like, "This is great. This is all the juice that I need to, to seal the deal on this situation." Now go get me the originals.
0: And Ellis, well, I, is he thrilled about it though? He's he's actually kind of.
1: Well, he wants them destroyed. He's, yeah, because well, he, he doesn't, he doesn't like what he's seeing. He goes, "Get me those papers. I, I I need them now."
0: Yeah, I'll pay you a thousand. Uh, was it? What did he say? A thousand or a thousand nine nine hundred ninety
1: nine? I think it's. I think it's a. It's like a thousand. It's a lot.
0: Yeah, thousand pounds, thousand pounds at once, because he he's he wants all because he's re, re, starting to put the pieces together. Like, oh wait a second, this is really bad news for me. <laughs> this guy is going to replace me. Uh,
1: yeah, and, and this was a, you know when this starts coming together, I was on the edge of my seat. This whole last like yeah. ten minutes of this episode are just like incredible pacing, slow reveals, layer by layer.
0: I love the I love the moment actually before this though when Jane Croft is visiting and she just relays that new news to John Balasus and he's like well yeah get some information from her from her and just flips her a coin to Ellis <laughs> and is mm-hmm. walking off uh, but now so he's she, like yeah desperate
1: so she runs over to get hustles hustles she's hustling and she goes and she busts in and she says where is Jane I need to talk to her right now and they say oh Jane's up in the room she talks to Ann. tells her that well.
0: Turton tells her that.
1: Yeah, she she's up there.
0: And she and she's telling Turton, like, we need to get the originals. He's giving more money that will change our lives than you we'll ever see. It, it's important. Like, Turin, I took
1: 40 bucks from him last week. I didn't tell you two things about it.
0: Yeah. I'm all good on my money, actually. I, 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 I bit 40. off enough. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't need more than what's more than forty.
0: But Ellis is de- desperate. She, you know, this is. He
1: bolts upstairs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we see and put the pieces together in front of us that yeah. our boy Boovery the the alleged reverend that uh-huh. that wedded Sophia and the belasis man whose name I forget at the moment mm-hmm. he was indeed a man of the cloth now he lived through Waterloo and you know he he continued his life later, but it turns out mm-hmm. that the marriage was not a sham, and that sophia's fear and sadness that it was all some kind of con was yeah. all in in fear and and bad well, faith.
0: And, and that's just what we hear. Because I think we can jump ahead now. John blastus needs to get to the bottom of this because he 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 ultimately he doesn't get the letters but he has someone to check on this uh-huh. on this information uh, his, uh, some general from the army shows up and yeah so he's dug into Richard Bouverie he retired from the army and he was boys with the Brock and her son um, he was a man of the cloth and then he joined the regiment uh, and then he was a member of the cloth afterwards um, and so Balas is like oh okay so the wedding's not valid and he's like no it's very valid. This is great, huh? <laughs> and John Isn't Blastis. Isn't that good is, to
1: hear? He's yeah, it's eclectic. so funny. It,
0: he's beaming. He's beaming as he shares that news because he thinks it's the best news that John Blastis could hear. And then Velasquez Velasquez,
1: could get. Oh, no. He's
0: trembling. He's trembling because he knows this is goodbye to his fortune and everything. His life is changing right here in front of his eyes. Uh, I, I love how the guy says he's... A, she, the marriage is as legal and legit as a queen's little daughter. <sighs> no. <laughs> Not good for John Bellasis all of
1: a sudden. No. And that's how the episode wraps, right? Yeah. That I got to say, that run of the end of this episode, this is Julian doing things I didn't think he had the stones to do.
0: There's real tension there. And
1: Yeah, and and the like reveal of piece by piece the information coming out and also the fact that the Belastis who is the son of, of Lady Brock or Lady Brock and her son was not a bad guy, potentially, and actually did love maybe love Sophia.
0: I I I, mm, I don't know about that. He died uh, at Waterloo. Sophia spent sure.
1: her, her dying days thinking that that uh Boovery was a bad guy too. But I that's still not that's
0: still maybe possible though, because the the way I understood it is that they, he married them but it's legal because he was a man of the cloth it may have not been under uh, the way I'm understanding it may not have been under the pretense of like making this a legal marriage but because he was a man of the cloth it actually accidentally was a legal marriage anyways yeah,
1: so, so I'm not I, I want to give him the benefit I, I like the idea that there's some doubt like oh my god yeah. this changes the trajectory of what we have watched already
0: yeah yeah that is more interesting but I mean it is why would Sophia make up seeing him cackle with his boy as they rode off. And, and I mean, why would he not she, tell him that his
1: boy... I, 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 who They don't find out because they die that night or she assumes right. that Bovary dies.
0: You just think that he would have told her like, oh yeah, my boy Bovary, he serves in the military with me. We go way back. We're boys. I mean, maybe, but they
1: also got married real quick so they could bang. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true.
0: I, I don't know. I don't think this clears his name. I think the lady Brock and her son is trash either way. I'm still going to
1: be... I mean, you Until, know what? I have a feeling they've they've put so many cards on the table. Next week, we're going to get some more information.
0: He was just cackling with his boy because he told a good joke as they rode off to battle. It was wasn't like, anything about the situation. Let's
1: go. Let's go win this war.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was laughing because he was like, you know that time I married you and that girl? turns out it was legit. <laughs> I am righteous. You're a clown. <laughs>
1: So <laughs> yeah. scene. yeah, I mean, maybe Boobery's in the clear. Maybe both are not in the clear. Who knows? We'll fi- hopefully we'll find out next week. Well, well,
0: yeah, we will definitely find out next week.
1: Great episode, We know, we know that John's not getting the originals. And this is no, great because not. I think we did kind of skip over the fact that Anne and James Trenchard have a conversation mm-hmm. about, like, the sadness of giving. We did talk about it a little bit. Like, they're... Yeah their family just is their family and they lose their grandson and that's that. And, and they're sad about it. Like James is clearly a little bit yeah. more realistic than Anne is, but both of them and, and are the, thrilled. And now there's an element
0: like, of, there's an element of also James going up to defend Charles Pope where he's like almost like his last stand with his son. This is his last moment to help him yeah. out.
1: This is a growing down. I,
0: yeah. Cause otherwise his reputation is ruined regardless who knows yeah yeah and even if it works out it won't be his son anyways I Mm -hmm. don't know do they acknowledge him
1: I don't know we'll find out
0: yeah so we got power rankings though
1: yeah and I mean it goes without saying this was a this was a this is Julian flexing this is a Julian Jim mirror selfie flex right here this is okay I was a big fan I love this episode yeah he has. I will say, and I, I love Julian This is not his best product by a, no. a long shot. Down Abbey still levels better than this. But this I, kind of storytelling is stuff that I don't. He doesn't do. So this was cool to see, like a I, a mystery unfolding in front of our eyes.
0: I could see it playing better as a book, actually, because yeah, it's that. it's a little too too piecemeal, and maybe if we binge the show, it actually would play better. Uh, but. It definitely is like building a mystery, and now we're getting the payoff, so mm. it's all good from here.
1: But it's like we didn't know it was a mystery. I didn't know this stuff was going to pop up, I thought. I didn't know it was called store. Belgravia.
0: Belgravia? I thought it was called Belgravia, man. And what did true. we know? We all did. We thought her <laughs>
1: name was Sophia and Maria.
0: So wrong. So wrong. Uh Okay, power rankings, though.
1: Yeah. Who do you got going down? Start us off.
0: I got... I got Reverend Belasis going down, number three. He was doing fine last week. He got some money in his pocket. Suddenly, he needs more money in his pocket, and he ain't getting it. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have the clout that he thinks he has to get some of that extra uh, cash from his family. So it's not looking good for old Reverend Belasis. The, the marks on his face did clear up, so I'll give him that, but not great.
1: Well, number three going down is I got I, he's the bell of the ball, but Charles Pope putting his entire reputation on the line to help maintain the relationship of james and oliver trenchard is one of the biggest dope moves big meathead moves of a julian fellows product that i've ever seen and unforgivable unforgivable (laughs) all things can like who cares i just i thought it was so stupid i (laughs) took me out of the show for a moment so no that's fair I mean, I hope I seriously misinterpreted it, but I I watched that scene twice. Oh,
0: yeah, you, you probably didn't. Uh, well, number two going down, the the rope is the the is tightening around her neck, Alice, because people are getting wise to what she's been up to, and she isn't getting that money that John promised her. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like Turton got more than her. Uh, so it's just you feel bad for Alice. She's really trying to. Do you feel get bad some, for Alice? Yeah. Honestly, my my sympathies are always with the help, not with the rich folk. Are you kidding okay. me? <laughs> like, but Alice honestly, is a
1: little nefarious. I don't really feel for her. Did
0: she do anything that bad?
1: I she wasn't snooping for a fan, and, wanted, and I guess she got she. She's a little less subtle than her her buddy.
0: the The worst outcome is that she would have. Tried to do Anne's hair to match uh, the Brockenhursts or whoever's hair that she saw, and said, "This is the hair that you liked." And Anne was like, "I never liked that hair. I hated Fix that it. hair. <laughs> yeah. Or now you all. ruined my hair. That's the worst outcome You're that could happened. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, so I feel for him. I got Oliver at number two. This guy okay. gets on as uh, you know, finally gets enough motivation to go do something. And what does he mm-hmm. do? Nothing. He doesn't convince his dad anything. He goes and he spends all this time dealing with these people, and then he makes such a scene in this socialite club that he is so desperate to be in—you in, know—included in. He's definitely not mm. going to be included. He's done. Oliver's done. He's—he's he's a bum. Yeah, we'll see.
0: We'll see. Well, number one, it's John Belasus, oh. man. His world is crumbling. <laughs> that last is, scene
1: is—I mean, the last his his whole run.
0: Yeah, it's exactly what we predicted. It's like he's going to get to the bottom of this and then regret every choice that he made.
1: <laughs> this is Ju- Bad Julian, times. Julian's distaste for John Velasquez is, is delightful to, to watch and to be a part of.
0: Yeah. I still like the guy. He's still got charisma.
1: Yo, He's a very charismatic actor. Like I'm, There's certain characters, and I think Fellows is great with, with actors and performers. That, like it, you and see there, him and you're like, how come this person isn't in more? And this yeah. guy, I feel like, is someone that could be a, a, a character actor or that guy in any number of franchises.
0: Yeah. And, and he does this, this thing really well where when the help are gouging him for money, he admires their tenacity to, to ask for money up until they're asking for too much. And then it turns to, like, you are. I don't like you. And it's just, like, it's funny how, like, he can respect game, but when game is getting over on him, he's like, no. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I don't like this at all. Uh, and such a good subtlety to his character. But, Dave, who do you have going up?
1: At number three, I got Mariah. Because okay. this lady's like. She is the flip side of Pope the Dope. Because mm-hmm. she's like, I'm putting it all on the line. I'm trying to get away from my mom who's controlling me. And then I'm going to meet up with Pope. I got. Clearly, the fact that she has. Lady Bronkenhurst, who we've established early in the show is like a social elite. Yeah. That she has this lady willing to, to put her reputation on the line to hide her from her mother. is That's all immediately puts you in the top tier. Okay. And then she goes and meets with Pope and she's like, is all the dr- stuff that I've heard about you that would ruin my chances at even eloping with you, is any of that true? And Pope says, no. So she big win there. And then yeah. she goes and has the meet, you know, the little sit down with Lady Brockenhurst, where Lady Brockenhurst is like, Your life got a lot better. Dun, dun, dun. And now we're going to the next week. So I think Mariah, she's, she's, a, I wish she had a little bit more to do in the show overall, but this is a good one yeah. for her. Period. She's
0: too, too much kept in check by her mother for me to give her credit this week. But I mean, things are getting better for her. Um, number three going up, I got Turton. This guy mm-hmm. got the money that he needed or wanted, and then he was wise enough to say, the game's over. I made, I made what I could, cashing out, and mm-hmm. no one is none the wiser to what he's been up to, really. Man, I, I have Although, him
1: at number two for that reason.
0: I, I do feel there could be some turnaround next week where Ellis or Spear rats him out for like what he, we saw a few episodes ago of him like taking some uh, yeah, materials there. Yeah, no Spear there. this week, really. Yeah, no Spear at all. Um, but did, yeah. So Turton, I mean, yeah, Tur-
1: I agree completely. Turton takes the money and runs. Yeah, he says what's more than forty. I don't know. I don't need yeah, anything more showed, than forty.
0: He shows up, Velasquez, and, and and kind of wins. And he, you know, was wise enough to tell Ellis like, you gotta be easy. You gotta take a step back here. Yeah, well, um,
1: he straight up Velasquez is about to leave. He's like, I'm good. I don't need that extra twenty bucks. And Velasquez, yeah. you know, can't take the bluff. He turns around. He's like, Oh, no. right, fine. I'll give you the I'll give you the money. Big
0: win for Turton. Mm -hmm. And he keeps his hands
1: clean once it gets super dirty.
0: Uh, Yeah, he he washes his hands of the Turton dirt. So, you had him going down at number two. I got him going up at number two. Oliver, bright baby, this is finally something from him.
1: What? what? He It's, it's 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 all BS.
0: But he's ruined the reputation of Oliver, of not Oliver, of Charles Pope. That the, that they have to they have to send him up north. That his dad has to go take care of this. He humiliates his dad in that restaurant, mm. uh, to the point where I doubt James will even want to go back there because now everyone will just think of like that's the guy who was shouted at by his son in public. Uh, I think Oliver achieves at least in his mind what his goals were, which is. Uh, I mean, even though James hasn't disinvested from Charles Pope, he's at least rattled the cage and tarnished the reputation of this guy just a little bit. And so mm-hmm. in his head, he's doing he's doing okay. And okay. you know what? Give him, give him that happiness. He, 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 I think he he's did shake happy. things up enough. Yeah, whatever. And his he, wife he, is he,
1: knocked up by another man. Yeah.
0: Well, he did enough to shake the boat a little bit to where the family has to make some decisions about him. And it did also have repercussions too to, I think, force the hand of like, we need to kind of reveal his status because of people throwing dirt on his name. And that's because <clears> of Oliver. So it did actually have a meaningful impact.
1: Okay. You can have that one.
0: Who's going up, Dave? Number one.
1: But number one, it's Lady Brockenhurst.
0: Same, 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 same.
1: The scene with, with her brother in law alone is enough to put you in the top three. And then yeah. you take in the fact that she's the one that says to Ann Trenchard, it's time we let the cat out of the bag. We gotta tell the world about our boy. And she's she's got the I mean, I know that she's the one that benefits, but she's she's like, Hey, I'm gonna have to write you out, but that's for the safety of your family name, you know? Yeah. And she she just wins this episode. She's she's keeping Lady Templemore in check as much Mm -hmm. as she can. She's hooking you know, she's basically playing matchmaker for Mariah and Pope. And then she's like, I got this dirt and I am so ready to let it out. And then she does, you know? Well, yeah, she does to
0: Mariah. and the thing is, you can almost say she played the long game with Anne Trenchard or with um Ann Trenchard. Yeah, because she was just like, I'm gonna reveal this eventually because I I threw this party to get people talking about this Pope and Anne was so against it, but now you can see Anne coming around just slowly, and it, I part of it is because Brock and Hurst has spun this web of making it okay for people to be okay with the the, the Charles Pope who he mm. is and everything, so. Kudos to her for, you know, slowly laying the track work to make this work, you know, as him being the heir. Yeah. So, yeah. Next Good stat, on one
1: episode left. I'm fired up. I don't I, I don't think I've been this fired up for a show since like Ross Poldark was beating people up and going to, going to break into prisons. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> for true. us, granted, I, that's probably like three months ago for us, but this what, is it. what do
0: you hope what are you hoping for in this finale? What do you want to see?
1: I want to see Bela- John balalass crumble. really? I want to see him find out about his his illegitimate kid. i want to see I want to see him and his dad suffer for all of their nefarious nature and wrongdoings.
0: I, I hope his dad suffers, but I hope I kind of like I like John ballasiss like, you know, Charisma. I hope he gets like a Richard Carlyle send-off, where it's like you're not getting all the fortune, but you know what? You hung around long enough. Here's here's a few you know pounds.
1: Yeah, there you go. I, <laughs> I wouldn't mind if he had like I guess. I, I mean, I want him to lose everything, but if he had like yeah. a uh, what? Why is this bl- my my pole dark brain not working? Mm-hmm. If he has like a, a, a George Warligan ending too, where it's like, oh yeah, you, you can't get rid of me. But you beat me. <laughs>
0: we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm hoping next week we get something flashing of charm from Charles Pope. Is that asking too much? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, let's hope, yeah, let's hope he he smiles or something that does something something good.
0: Yeah. But and hopefully some more Tom Wilkinson next week. Hopefully, I, he I mean, get if they
1: don't back. bring him out for the finale, what the heck, Julian?
0: Why was he on the poster, and not Velasquez? Well, obviously he's a bigger, bigger name. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get to that next week. Dave, I know usually I know usually we ask what we've been watching, but you've been to some concerts recently. You got concerts lined up. Why don't we talk about that? What have you been seeing? What's been going on with the music world?
1: So, I mean, I've been to a lot of concerts this summer, but yeah. I will say I saw on Monday. So we're recording this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I saw queens of the stone age Uh uh-huh a favorite band of mine from from like freshman year of high school all the way up to now that we actually saw them together in 2007 (laughs) which is wild to think it's been that long since the last time that i saw them and that they've been you know still a a pretty ever-present band uh the openers were a band that you liked the armed a group that you like and uh fantagram which is eh, not my speed but i think they're They're all right and then tomorrow, Thursday. So this won't. I probably, probably won't edit this until Friday. I'm going to see the comedian and our and art, musical artist Tim Heidecker, who I saw in Brooklyn last year. So I'm seeing him again tomorrow in Where New Haven. At? Okay. And then Sunday, I was roped into going to see another high school favorite, who I really don't listen to too much anymore. Incubus, mm-hmm. definitely like <laughs> high school Nostalgia. into early college. Incubus was one of my favorite bands, but I don't think I've listened to them in like 10 years but that I'm feels like pretty yeah
0: stoked. it hits a, a sweet spot of like nostalgia like yeah i want to see these songs i never got to hear live and yeah you'll know some of it you won't know everything um how are queens of the stone age though
1: they were great uh yeah so it turned out that my old college roommate is their like sound guy too oh wow so like i knew i, I haven't talked to him in forever and i'm not like yeah. on the best not that we are in bad terms but we were never friends but he lived okay. in my house. You know, we had the six of us living in a house. Each he was other. one of the six of us. So I knew he was on the tour. But I like turned over and I saw him. I was like, "Oh, okay." And it sounded really good. I mean,
0: and you said nothing to him.
1: <laughs> he was at work. You know, if you saw somebody oh, okay. working a, a show, and then as soon as the show's over, they're gone. So yeah. So that's what that's what I got on the docket, and you just you saw a matinee concert.
0: Yeah. Well. Well. Last week I went to Terminal Five. I saw the British singer Biba Doobie who's very mm-hmm. popular with Gen Z and I've never felt more old in my life where I got there at 7 o'clock which the artist doesn't go on until 9 o'clock and the line wrapped around the block twice over and when I got in I was talking to the bartender I was like I got here at 7 That used to be early and she's like no you're old you, you got to get here at 5 and I was like what? <laughs> 5 o'clock to, to get good visibility out of? Con- okay alright the, the kids are just really e- well what it is the kids just really want to film it they want to have their phones out for the songs yeah, they like yeah. And then they stand motionless for the ones that they don't know. It's bizarre. That's, um, I, I
1: had a, a discussion about this. I've definitely been talking to multiple people about this because a few weeks ago, I saw the mm-hmm. band Cake, another 90s uh-huh. band. I, I'm really checking off my high school bucket list this this year. Yeah. And they posted a big thing on their show, like, no cell phones during the show. Please respect the artist's mm-hmm. intentions. And I posted a picture of that on my Instagram story. Because like, I'm not like an overfilmer, but I like to sure. do like a song, or, like a chorus yeah. or two. And a film or it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. And some people were like, that's BS. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, you're paying. And at first, I was a little annoyed. Like, I spent a lot of money mm. on this ticket. I want to take a video for 30 sure. seconds tops. But yeah. then at, uh, one of one of my like internal rules when I go to a show is don't film the first song. Don't film the no. huge songs. No. Or if you do just a little bit. And I yeah. went on Instagram after this Queens of the Age show. And a guy that I used to play gigs with in another band that i would do filmed the opening song which was no one knows their like biggest hit mm-hmm. and then like film the other hit and that's all that he posted was these two and it was one of those things yeah. I was like man like you're a musician like don't you right. want people to be dancing and moving and not silently holding up a phone like it's very uh, yeah unsettling to me so i,
0: I do tr- sometimes try to f- record like the song that someone knows just if I'm posting the social media because it's like, hey, this is a song you may know. That's is who I'm seeing. That, that's mm-hmm. the thing. But, yeah, if you're in a band. But you're not then. an abuser.
1: <laughs> and in, N- it's no. funny. I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and uh, I brought up the fact that when we saw The Darkness together uh-huh. last year, uh, Justin Hawkins said, everybody, please put your phones away.
0: They started do you believe in a thing called love? They stopped it because he then requested people to put their phones away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then a young man took his phone out and you, I think, like karate chopped him three or four times.
0: I I didn't cry chopper three or four times. He put had his phone up, he thought he was recording, he hit record, he wasn't actually recording, and I just he had his arm up and I just karate chopped down on like the where your arm folds up and it wasn't forceful, it was like elbow. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, come on, put it down. And then he turned around, saying like, "Hey, man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And I pushed him off because like I've been waiting years to hear this song. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he he turned around. He was really sulking. He was really sad because you could just see his like shoulders were drooped because he, he he felt bad about it. I'm just having the well, think, blast because I love the song. Think he,
1: I think he felt bad that he didn't get to record it.
0: That too, maybe. Uh, but I
1: don't think he cared about you because remember at the end of the show he was like, "Dude, no, I will fight you." I would've Yeah,
0: bought, no, you. no. So the song ends, and he turns around and says, "Usually I'm a nice guy, but don't you ever do that again." And our friend, our lawyer, attorney friend Kevin, put his hand on my chest, and I was like, "It's all right. It's already over. This concert's over. There's nothing yeah, like, that's happening here." Yeah,
1: film, film now, film. This I, I won't ever
0: do that again because I will never see you again, sir. Bye bye. And I, I, you should never lay your hands on anyone. But this was just like. I had a couple drinks, and also Justin Hawkins just told us to put our phones away. And I've been waiting to see the song. I wasn't going to stare at your phone in my face. That wasn't even recording either. On top uh-huh. of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Anyways. happened. I
1: mean, so yes, uh, Queens of Stone <laughs> Age, great concerts, great. You yeah. tell us about your matinee experience.
0: So, so I did go to a matinee concert yesterday because <laughs> uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, big fan. Uh, call me maybe. She was supposed to perform on Monday, but the storm cut her sets sh- short, so she rescheduled it at three p.m. for those people, and. I saw that she did that and I had tickets for Tuesday night and I just started thinking like, that venue is pretty far from me and like, it's going to be late when I get back. If I could see her at three in the afternoon when she rescheduled it, I could go home for dinner. I could watch Belgravia, which I got to do. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> so I, I sold my ticket, bought a ticket for the afternoon show, saved 20 bucks in the process and went down there and had a blast. It was, it was you know, sunny. It was windy. It was nice. Uh, it was very surreal. People were just getting cranked and drinking. The person next to me was definitely on something because she was just vibing and filling all her space. It was like, this is a Tuesday afternoon. I, I blocked off my calendar at work. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I got of somewhere office. to be, people. Uh, yeah, literally just out of office. And she was done by 4.30. It was amazing. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, there was an air of like, how serious do we treat this? Because it is afternoon. I, I mean, I sense it. I see it on a lot of shows now where people just talk throughout the show. It's, it <laughs> just happens all the time. And that's fine. It's always been a thing, but it's, like, it's very pervasive these days, I think. But it was still good. Still, I love Carla Ray. She I sang a lot of songs. Connecticut. I would go see her. Yeah, she was only doing in New York and LA uh, for, for these shows. Because the album uh,
1: just came out, right?
0: A, a B-sides album. Yeah, The Loveliest Time. And uh, yeah, and then this Saturday, I'm going to see. Rina Sawayama, uh, back at the same location up here, seventeen. Uh, I don't think she's doing a three PM show though, uh, and uh, very psyched about that. She's the she was in John Wick four as a, a Akira, the, mm-hmm. the the daughter daughter yeah the daughter uh, of that one guy. Okay. And I've been a fan of her since twenty eighteen. Uh, I saw her at the Mercury R- Lounge with a couple hundred listener or f- fans, very British, and she does a lot of new metal type of music and pop music. It's it's great, so. I to see how her show looks now cuz she really has leveled up since then so pretty excited. That should
1: be good. I yeah, hope you enjoy. Yeah. I hope, hope that, I hope she's yeah. as good as Incubus.
0: She she actually covers or plays break stuff during her set from the like, oh, okay. so I'm just going to try and restrain myself if anyone has their phones up and everything, cuz I may I may just break someone's you know face tonight.
1: <laughs> if the, the, their phones are out give them something to break that's right there.
0: Yeah, exactly. We we've gone on too long about this, but that's just been our summer, you know? That's we don't just our, yeah. watch stuff. We live stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, you know where to find us on all the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Leave us five star rating and review if you so choose. You can find our backlog also on our Podbean website if you just want to search for it. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it these days, Facebook, Instagram hit us up at at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon. And I know it's too late in this episode, but we'll tease it next week. We're trying to do something special for that. Yes. Yes. That's all we'll say for now. But otherwise, we'll catch you next week on the pod. (laughs)